Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Searching for Integrity in Olympia Monday episode. We are visited by Pete Serrano. He is candidate for Attorney General. We're going to jump into a conversation with him about Searching for Integrity in Olympia after some inspiration. Our inspiration today is owners or stewards. Am I an owner or a steward? The CEO of a multi-billion dollar company asked himself that question as he weighed what was best for his family. Concerned about the temptations that can come with vast wealth, he didn't want to burden his heirs with the challenge. So he gave up ownership of his company and placed 100% of the voting stock in a trust. Recognizing that everything he owns belongs to God helped him make the decision to allow his family to earn a living in exchange for work while also using future profits to fund Christian ministry. In Psalm 50.10, God tells his people, Every animal in the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. As the creator of all things, God owes us nothing and needs nothing from us. I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens, he says. He generously provides everything that we have and uses us as well as the strength and the ability to earn a living. Because he does, as the psalm shows us, he's worthy of our heartfelt worship. God owns everything, but because of his goodness, he even chose to give himself, entering into a relationship with any who turn to him. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. When we value the giver over the gifts and serve him with them, we're blessed to delight in him forever. Heavenly Father, you made everything faithful and true. Please help us to live our life as a gift from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So at the beginning of that, it said, we're, are we an owner or what? what's the question there? An owner or a steward. An owner or a steward. And, you know, as a resident in the state of Washington, I don't feel like I'm either. I look at my property taxes. I look at my my paychecks. I look at the state laws that are guiding the communities around me. I look at the chaos, the overdose deaths. The budget for education. The budget. Well, the state budget. I mean, it's just enormous the amount of money that's spent and we have less and less effective government. And I think that resides in the law. I think it resides in not just what the legislative branch has passed, but also what the executive branch does. And are their actions constitutional? Are their actions really guided by law or is it guided by agenda? And we have a guy with an agenda with us today. He is running for attorney general. And I think his agenda is to really look at the law and justice of the land here. So Pete Serrano, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with y'all. So tell us about your candidacy for attorney general, because I've been following you with the silent majority and the other things that you do really seeking out uh, justice. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And um, that's really for the past several years with silent majority foundation, that's what I and my team have been doing is looking at the laws that are passed in Olympia. And, you know, the first question I asked myself before forming Silent Majority Foundation were, where were the where are the lawyers like me? Right. Where are the other nonprofits that are willing to stand for me? Because, quite frankly, I knew turning to Olympia for those answers. It was just this dead cesspool. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Well, Searching and, for Integrity in Olympia is the name of the show, and it's probably something I've been doing for a very long time, and I haven't found much. Yeah, and well, and I, I appreciate that you say that, too, because there is some, just not much. And, you know, when we look for the government to protect us from itself, one branch from the other, obviously that's not happening. That's not what we're seeing. That's why there's that lack of transparency. That's why there's that lack of accountability. And that's why there's that lack of integrity in Olympia. And, you know, the whole purpose of this campaign is to get out there and say, listen, people of Washington, I am here to be your voice. And even if, you know, the legislatures try to change the rule and role of the attorney general, I will still fight for you until they kick me out. They'd also have to change the Constitution to fully change the role of the attorney general. And one of the confusing things, I think, for a lot of residents and and citizens, taxpayers, Pete, is that they don't understand how government is operating because you think about the attorney general, most people would say, oh, he goes after, you know, corporations that violate Consumer Protection Act. Well, yeah, that is one thing, but really the attorney general is supposed to be not just looking out for the consumer, but also helping guide the legislature before they go to the courts of what is constitutional. Are these laws that are being proposed, do they meet constitutional muster? What is the legal backlash if these laws get passed? So the attorney general also has a legislative role in helping the legislature craft law under the constitution. And the attorney general is supposed to make sure that we're operating in the executive branch lawfully. And right now, the attorney general, uh, I have a personal story where uh, we were going to, years ago, we were going to be a whistleblower and we were telling this state attorney general at the time that there were state agencies acting unlawfully and we had evidence of it. And the attorney general says, well, you shouldn't be talking to me then because you'll be fighting me in court because my job is to protect government interest. And I'm like, uh, that's no, I, th- I thought your job was to make sure our government and the citizens within this government are acting lawfully. And he said, Oh no, 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 that's not what I do. I protect state agencies from people like you. I was shocked. Yeah, and, and it's amazing that there are so many that are up there that that's the goal is, you know, when you hear Bob Ferguson tout his victories and it's like, well, I lost as a citizen of Washington, I lost. <laughs> Your so-called victory is going to cost me. Your victory is going to infringe on my rights. And your oh, attempt you know, at victories are costing us money <laughs> every single time you attempt to take on a new topic. Exactly. Exactly. And so back to kind of the basics is, yeah, the people need that that backstop. They need that sounding voice. And if the attorney general and his office aren't standing for the people of Washington, to your point, telling the legislature, you will get sued on this. And, you know, then it turns into a wink, wink, nod, nod. Don't worry, we'll take care of you. That's where we are currently. But my whole purpose of doing this is to say, listen, you're going to get sued on this. And even if it's my supposed job to defend you ain't happening. No way. I'm here to stand for the people, to be their voice, to make sure that their rights are, are, are protected. We haven't seen that. Yes. Yeah. I do know that, you know what, 12 years ago, Rob McKenna was in there and he actually got into a couple of scraps with 
the governor's office over that type of thing. Well, Governor then Gregoire, you know, and, and uh, you know, God bless Rob for doing that when he was in office. And my I, I look at him as an example of what you can do when you're standing for the people. And I know some folks will say, well, maybe you're not going to go far enough. And it's like, well, listen, I could literally take a nap for four years underneath my desk, fire all the staff and you'll be better off. So there's no not far enough. Um, And it will be an opportunity to really stand for the people and stand up to these agencies. You know, it's that fourth unwritten branch of government of, you know, when the agency gets to write the administrative code, the Washington administrative code, and it interprets its power as whatever else is necessary, because that's what the lazy legislature does. It's extremely problematic because then they'll do whatever else is necessary. And so it's going to be working with the legislature, working with those agencies and saying you don't get to do whatever else is necessary. You get to do this. Well, and this I think your role. when you're talking about whatever else is necessary, the legislature currently we've we've seen an attorney general help the legislature craft laws and wordsmith laws that have been struck down by either district courts um, or you know ninth district or you know other courts across the country. Supreme Court of Washington sometimes have struck down things. You look at the U.S. Supreme Court that has struck down things that have come from other states. Primarily a good example is issues around like magazine bans and some of the laws that we've seen come out of California that the U.S. courts have said, you can't do this. It's not following the Constitution. But then Washington changes a few words and tries to pass the same thing. And the attorney general has been helping out on that when the attorney general should be telling the legislature, look, there are more important ways to save lives and improve communities with the law than this, because all this is going to do is tie up Attorneys in the attorney general's office. It's the largest uh, law firm in the state, I believe, with eight, nine hundred attorneys. Yeah, it's uh, got a full staff of twelve hundred and a budget of roughly seven hundred million. It's so, huge, and and so why yeah. tie up Washington tax dollars on these, you know, ideological agendas when there are truly issues in this state having to do with things that are costing lives of our neighbors. Absolutely. And, you know, and then similarly, why go fight the state of Idaho on its position of abortion or transgender bathroom usage? Why should we be telling Idaho how they need to legislate? At some point, I mean, a wise attorney general would say, listen, you legislature may disagree with this, but at some point, Idaho is going to sue us. And if they win, Our laws that you like, and personally I disagree with, but our laws that you like about these issues are going to potentially be in the crosshairs. To me, it would be wise to just say, hey, look, 50 several states, let them do as they will. To your point, learn from the losses throughout the district courts, the appellate courts and the U.S. Supreme Courts, and maybe do something a little different or maybe even do something a lot different. Don't just cut and paste with a two two or three tweaks here and there, but let's actually like use our brains to process different laws. Now, again, I still wouldn't advise them that any of these gun bills are constitutional or advisable. Nonetheless, at least it'd be nice to see a legislature who may disagree with me using as a brain to kind of think outside the box rather than just coming back to the same dead horse and saying, well, yeah, it'll get challenged, but so what? It'll cost 
organizations like the Silent Majority Foundation, Second Amendment Foundation, X number of dollars and Y number of years in litigation. To me, that's kind of the disgusting equation that we see is where the legislature passes these laws. They know we're unlawful. They know we're unconstitutional. But they just don't seem to care because, well, heck, we've got the resources to tie these people up in court, let them fight another day. Yeah, well, and then that costs the taxpayers through the efforts of the attorney general's office. And I think our state has, like some other states, West Coast, East Coast states have done, where we've put to place uh, laws that really contradict laws around the country, as well as there hasn't been constitutional challenges, at least not properly done. And the turmoil that's created by that, we're seeing it in New York. We're seeing states now that are looking at the illegal immigration issue, and they were sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. And that's something that we've done here in Washington as a sanctuary city here in Spokane, sanctuary uh, cities on, on the west side of the mountains, and then also a sanctuary state. I think we're going to start running into those issues, and those are going to have constitutional challenges because how do you deal with the scourge of fentanyl in our communities if local law enforcement isn't working with federal agencies properly? So I don't, we're going to have to take a break, but I want to come back with that question because I think during this political campaign season, we're going to see a whole lot of folks demanding that government operate a little bit differently because we have, like we've talked about, the attorney general's office working in concert with the legislature and the executive branch against common law, common sense, and constitutional government. So we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back with Pete Serrano, candidate for attorney general, also with the Silent Majority Foundation. So you can look him up, Pete Serrano, at serrano4ag.com. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are only on the air and podcast because you support this program. You, the listeners, we are listener-supported. Keep us on the air to keep all these interviews and shows going. Please go to rightspokaneperspective.com. There's a donate button there. Or you can send your donation to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620-99207. Thanks and back to the show. And welcome back to this Monday episode. We are searching for integrity in Olympia. And yes, we have found some over the years, but it has been uh, muddy waters going through the swamp of Olympia to find that integrity. And part of the lack of integrity is that our government's executive branch has a misguided attorney general's office. And it's been so long that most people don't know really what the foundation of our law and the attorney general's office role is in the executive branch, helping the legislative branch, and then working with the judicial branch in making sure our state is a constitutional representative republic, which we were designed to be. We got Pete Serrano on the line, candidate for attorney general. Let's jump into that conversation about what we're seeing across the country now where Democrat-run sanctuary states and sanctuary cities are now trying to throw the blame around of the scourge of drugs and illegal migrants into their communities have caused them when they invited it in their unconstitutional uh, legal standing with the sanctuary city and state issue. Yeah, you know, I really appreciate that. That sets up a perfect example of the city of Seattle. And I will tell you this, in talking with folks, things are starting to change in the city of Seattle. And the interesting linchpin 
there is a woman named Ann Davidson was elected city of Seattle attorney a couple of years ago. And as anyone that's paid attention, will see that and, and for you and I, it may not be a huge win, but the Seattle city council is less left. Um, I mean, there's still Democrats, but they weren't like some like Sharma Sawant type folks who have been elected for years and years and years. And so I've, I've watched what Ms. Davidson's done as the city of Seattle attorney, and she's done some great things. She's written briefs to the U.S. Supreme Court saying, hey, this homelessness issue is problematic. Hey, this drug issue is problematic. Hey, I want to, and this this isn't a brief to the Supreme Court, but it's working with her local legislators. I want to enforce, you know, as a misdemeanor graffiti and stuff like that. And so she's really taking the reins. And so I think that's a perfect kind of symbolism of hope is, look, if even the city of Seattle can elect someone to clean it up to help at least help in the process and you know i've talked with ann and i'm gonna meet with her soon and really say listen you've got my support seattle really really needs some help and you're doing a heck of a job here what can i as the attorney general do to really bolster that support you know how can we coordinate efforts you know what type of money is it that we've got to bring what resources does your office lack that we can share an experience to really help clean up Seattle. And I, I, I really have hope that that kind of one-two punch of local boots on ground of someone standing for the people and then someone from the top like me at that attorney general position will actually get stuff done. I mean, even Bruce Harrell, the mayor of Seattle, recently listed his top four priorities of 24. The first one was homelessness. The second one was crime and drugs. The third was like climate change. And the fourth was some other thing. But those top two issues are issues that are near and dear to my heart. And while I might not necessarily use climate change or, you know, position myself the same way that Mr. Harrell does, having put a decade into energy and environmental law, you know, having stuff like the Snake Never River Dams here in my backyard in Pasco, I think there are a lot of places where I can reach across the aisle and say, okay, Mr. Mayor, how can I, as the attorney general, you got a great city attorney, how can I help you, even if we disagree on 90% of the stuff, fine. Yeah. What's the 10 that we're going to cut and fix Seattle? Well, and that's an issue actually we're going to be bringing up here on our show or we've had an uh, interview with state legislators on the Snake River dams. And, and of course, that is total lunacy in most people's mind that you'll talk to. I really have not met anyone that thinks it's a, a good idea to tear out the dams that are controlling flooding, producing power, producing massive amounts of food. We talk about the homeless issue and and all these these things. Of course, you're going to have to work with uh, cities, municipal governments, you know, counties. You're going to have to work with the, the state as attorney general. And what we've seen, this moderation like you're seeing in Seattle, you know, I've had some relatives that were Democrats that, uh, you know, all the things that are going on right now that are totally insane. The Democrat Party really went off into a world of just complete lawlessness in their policy. And we're starting to see the fruits of that and it's rotten fruit. And people are really unhappy with the, the death count with fentanyl. People are really unhappy with the homelessness, which is basically just fentanyl. I mean, we have a, a very expansive welfare system in our state where I have personally thinking we need to start drug testing for welfare. We need to have different programs for different people so that we can start dealing with the scourge that's going on with the overdose. I was just having a conversation on my way to the studio today. We're handing out fentanyl overdose reversal medication to kids in school. 
This is yeah. insane. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was looking at something. Uh, I sit on Pasco City Council. I'm the mayor down here, and I was looking at some of the legislative stuff, and I was like, "Are you kidding? That's that's at a middle school. You're seeing Narcan uh, available at a middle school." Like, look, don't get me wrong. Those kids deserve an opportunity to live, but giving them Narcan, reviving them, and then, you know, just saying, hey, okay, little Tammy, go ahead and go back. You know, that's that's not how this needs to operate. It needs to be, look, kid, we revived you. What are you going to do to get better? Oh, nothing. Guess what? You're going to go to a treatment facility. I mean, we should right. not be giving it to minors I, again I'm, I'm okay saving their lives but we should not be readily handing it out as though it's like the afterthought like hey here's the you know the one dentist on the street for uh halloween giving out the toothbrush right yeah right we shouldn't be doing that well and at the same time you, you know okay so we're gonna hand out all of these prescription drugs for od reversals there's no doctor present. There's no medical professional. We're handing this out to kids. So what's the long-term effects of this stuff being taken like candy, just like any other drug, right? Well, what if they're handing it to people that are having a different medical episode and they're giving him this Narcan, right? So it's so insane to think that this is the solution while we're just allowing the drug cartels to basically run the, the streets, the homeless camps in our cities, and, and it doesn't seem like we have a government that's saying and recognizing, honestly, this is our problem. Why are these kids overdosing? Why are there so many people overdosing on the street? Well, we used to recognize it was the people that were distributing the drugs called drug dealers that were not incarcerating at a, an appropriate rate, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up in the era of hugs, not drugs and dare, you know, dare to keep kids off drugs. And that was the messaging that I received in school, you know, at home. And also during commercial time in TV, I, I don't know exactly what the message is, but it's certainly not that right now. Well, the message is uh, here's a here's a here's, here's a drug Narcan. here's a drug <laughs> right. that you need to have in case you know you or one of your friends misuse this other drug. That, right. That's that's the message. It's it's like you know handing out the abortion pill to kids and not telling them the consequences of certain activities. Yep, absolutely. And and that's uh, gets back. Obviously, that's a much more global issue than that of the attorney general's office. But nonetheless, there has to be a shift in mindset. And kind of circling back to that lead in from the break is I really do think that that mindset is shifting in the city of Seattle. And people ask me like, well, OK, you're a Republican. What are your chances of winning attorney general's office? I think they're darn good because, you know, I mean, look, <laughs> whether you look at history or the Bible or whatever, things get really, really bad, then people's behavior change. And I think, you know, things are getting bad enough. I, I would I would hate to say if it takes another four or eight or 12 years till people uh, in, in Seattle wake up. Um, well, and I, how many I resources think- have we spent in this state on political ideologies going after, you know, federal law or laws in other states when we have a lot of problems in our state that are getting worse, you know, whether it's crime on the streets, whether it's the lack of policing. Uh, I, I think that our, our law enforcement is not operating constitutionally because we don't have enough of it. I heard from our local sheriff and our local interim police chief that we are the 51st in the nation, including the uh, Columbia, the District of Columbia, 51st in the nation for policing per thousand. We are yep. the lowest police communities. So constitutionally, our citizens 
have a right to the security of their property, of their person, of their, you know, the Constitution. And we don't have a government that is properly defending people's basic rights because we don't have the the justice system in place standing in front of the criminals saying you're not going to do this to our community. You know, whether it's the retail stores, we're all paying for that. Yeah. Well, and that's that's really the bottom line is we are all paying for all of it. You know, don't don't listen or don't kid yourself that you're not paying for it. Oh, you know, I'm. I'm in XYZ part of the state and my property tax hasn't been affected. Yeah. But when you go buy goods, you know, it's not just the gas pump. It's, it's killing the price of your goods, but it's also that local retail theft. It's the inability of the prosecutors or the lack of desire of prosecutors to prosecute crimes that is costing you everywhere you go and everywhere you turn. Now tell me this, tell me this, Pete, and I, I don't know if you, you have this right off the cuff, but I was just talking to my daughter. She was looking at some legal things. She's in college and she looked at a three strikes you're outlaw and basically a a different state. And we had talked about the one in Washington state that the voters had approved many years ago. And I think it was the attorney general's office that was aiding the legislature over, over a number of years to weaken uh, the consequences of criminal behaviors so that criminals wouldn't serve time in jail. Yeah, I, I don't have that specific offhand, but I do know to your point, there was at one point a really, uh, I wouldn't say harsh, I'd say just uh, three strikes law. And that's obviously gone by the wayside unless it's, uh, I think, very limited uh, kind of high profile violent crimes. But obviously that's changed. The stance on the death penalty has changed over time. So, I mean, the well, actually, we don't even have a death penalty in Washington. It was suspended by the governor. Right. Right. And at one, one point there was one and it was, a, you know, at least a moderately robust one. Right. Yeah. And and so you have these ideological changes that really, to me, kind of aid and abet criminals. You know, if, if you don't have a consequence, why would you be deterred from doing the wrong thing? Now, folks like you and I will say, well, there's a moral compass, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not everyone seems to walk with that same directing force right well i think most people are are waking up like you said the city of seattle most people are seeing the these these policies of soft on crime hug the criminal not incarcerate is not working the criminal just reaches around and uh, picks your pocket while you're giving them that hug and that's what they've done to the citizenry a lot of different kind of diversion programs are are showing to be ineffective and you know having a lack of policing you know changing the way we fund uh, our law enforcement has really been a, a negative effect. So as attorney general, what would you do? We've got about a minute left. What would you do on some of these fronts uh, initially coming into office? Yeah, the first thing to do is really sit down with the staff and say, this this is a new direction. Here's where we are. Constitution first. Well, people of Washington first, Constitution second. And if that's not something that you're willing to march to, you know how to march out the door. Um, from there, the next position is taking an inventory of all those live cases and say, listen, these are anti-constitutional, non-constitutional, unconstitutional, however you want to term it. We need to deal, do away with and dismiss all these cases. And then from there, um, you know, just walk up to the legislature and say, okay, here's where your help is. Is it constitutional? I'll analyze that. If it's not, you've got no support from this office. 
I think that'd make for a really fun 2025. And then moving from there, let's keep kicking butt. That would be a really interesting change because I think currently we've got an attorney's general's office that's trying to wordsmith with the legislature to violate the Constitution and common sense. And we need to find more integrity in Olympia, as we titled the show today. So you can check out Serrano4AG.com. Check out Pete Serrano at Serrano4AG.com. And folks, we've got to start making some changes Elections have consequences, and we have been suffering those consequences for some time. It's time to bring common sense back to the table. And a lot of that common sense is just realizing that handing kids drugs so that they can reverse the actions of other drugs is not a solution. It's not even a Band-Aid. It's a social experiment, and I think we're going to see long-term consequences of what we're doing in our community with those kinds of programs and actions to deal with unlawful and horrible behaviors. And we've got to have a state at the top, whether it's the governor's office, the legislature, uh, and with the help of the attorney general, turn things around to where we start being able to make sense of the issues that we're seeing uh, today and tomorrow in our communities. All that being said, we'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.